Hi, I'm Richard Lang, and these are my friends, Colin and Carol Oliver, that I've known for many years. And Colin first met Douglas in 1965. Hello. So, hmm. uh, tell me about um, how you first came across seeing and, and how it's affected your lives. Hmm. Okay, Richard. When I was about 15, Richard, I remember going on a trip to Cornwall and standing at Land's End on the headland and looking out to sea, beautiful seascape, and feeling very wrong. Hmm. And feeling kind of bottled up and squeezed in. And I really couldn't put my finger on why it was. But I think I know now, it was because I'd lost that child's vision of the world, mm. of being open and taking in the scene. And you had a feeling of that? I felt that something was lost and something was wrong. And about a year later, I came across a, a book on yoga. And in this book, there was an extraordinary proposition, which was that what I was experiencing was not the whole story. Hmm. That in fact, in here, inside myself, there was a true self. And this was spacious, clear, and without bounds. This really fired me up. Mm, inspired you. Absolutely. And a short while later, I got interested in Buddhism. And then I went to the Buddhist summer school, the British Buddhist summer school, uh, with a friend called Rod Wooden. And there, this was 1965, I first met Douglas. Mm. Douglas gave a talk, and he also had a kind of morning session for about an hour before coffee, where a group of people came together, and I don't remember much uh, about it, except that we sat quietly, and Douglas put out what I thought was an earnest plea for us to be honest about who we really are. Mm. This really registered, and uh, a while later I wrote to him, and Douglas, rather typically, invited me to his home. And that was in 1967, in January. And uh, with enormous generosity, really. And I spent a day with Douglas uh, at Nacton. And um, he was speaking about his way of looking at things. Then he had to go off on an errand and he left me and it was the late afternoon and it was quiet, the birds were settling down in the laurels and I sat there just kind of still and quiet and I did this. And it was just a kind of uh, thing without any thought really, but I noticed as I did this that my fingers disappeared into nothingness. I followed my fingers in, and there was this great spaciousness, boundless, open to the world. I recognised it. So you hadn't recognised it when you first met Douglas. It was at this no, meeting at Nacton. It was being with Douglas and uh, going into it. And when Douglas came back again, I shared this with him, and he said, yes, this was exactly what he was exploring in his life. <laughs> And uh, the next thing that happened was that we had uh, a meal together and uh, I just found it absolutely hilarious that as I was 
bringing the fork up to my face with food in it, the food was disappearing into this great nothingness. It just struck me as being so funny. Fantastic, fantastic. Amusing and deep. Yes, and I felt that I had uh, come to this true self. Hmm. And shortly after that, I met Carol. And what happened then, Carol? <laughs> well, Richard, um, I, um, we met at university and I had really no great interest in um, who I was, looking for who I was in spiritual matters. I was really um, keen on um, uh, social change, politics. Um, I've been involved with socialism all my life. And I was, I suppose, fairly intellectual in a sense that I wanted answers and I was very questioning and um, meeting Colin and hearing about this very strange um, subject um, but very intriguing and obviously it meant a huge amount to Colin it meant such a great deal to him meeting Douglas and taking the point and it this intrigued you absolutely intrigued me and I wanted to share it that was the main thing. I, I wanted to be with Colin and I wanted to share this. I wanted to be on the same wavelength as him. And we talked and talked and I think we even did some pointing and I just couldn't get it. And I was just, I, all my, you know, my brain, my intellect was saying this can't be true. Um, what on earth is he going on about? What's he going on about? I've got a, fa I've got a head here. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm in it, you know, I couldn't get it. And we, I think we talked one evening for several hours, way into the night, and I was becoming quite exhausted at this point. And I think about two or four in the morning, <laughs> something clicked, that, that, and I said, oh, I see, but it can't be that simple. You looked in the mirror, you saw your face in the mirror. I did look in the mirror, yes. But there was no face where and you it, were. And the eyes looking back at me, yes, it was, it was, mm. it was the void here. So a little bit scary, but mm. I couldn't believe the simplicity of it. And then slept on it, as they say, went to bed. The next day, um, we were living near Greenwich in Blackheath. And next day, I went on my own for a walk in Greenwich Park. And the whole world was transformed. I just could not believe it. I was just blown wide open. There was nothing here to get in the mm. way of mm. the scene, the, the flowers and the trees and the birds. It was extraordinary, uh, extraordinary day. Um, I think just given, just given, it, it, um, it's not something, you know, you can summon up, but it was really powerful um kind of snuck up on you it did yeah. it did snuck up on me the significance of it not at that point but mm. the uh, experience mm. was overwhelming so how has this been for both of you to share this mm. it's over many many years now mm. yeah great thing really to be together on this yeah one of the things that um, I discovered fairly early on, Richard, was that with this openness here, things began to happen 
um, downstream, if you like, from this central clarity. And uh, I found that my heart was opened. And I think, you know, we get a kind of a battering, don't we, in, in life. And the heart can shut down, it can, um, it can toughen up and harden. And what I found was that by being open here, there was a kind of tenderness that, that occurred down in the heart. And um, this affected my life in the sense that um, I found myself very drawn to people who are marginalised in life. Uh, my heart went out uh, to people. Um, I worked for a while with, with people who had a problem with drugs and with alcohol, homeless people. And in more recent times, I worked with um, young people with learning difficulties who also had challenging behaviour in a residential home. And how has seeing affected you in those contexts? Well, I think quite uh, strongly in the sense that um, meeting young people who had had quite dark histories and who had many frustrations in life, there was often a lot of conflict um, in this residential home, difficulties, and I was drawn into those difficulties and found that in seeing terms, I was knocked back to zero, which was exactly the right place to be, uh, not knowing what was going to happen next, coming up quite often with unexpected things, sometimes coming up with very little, a uh, state of just being quiet, non-judgmental, being with them, sometimes being side by side with, um, with a lad who was um, having uh, real problems with emotions and so on, and just sitting there quietly and coming out of the same space. And that had an effect. Mm. So it was wasn't... a pri privilege, actually, Richard, yeah. working in that way. So it wasn't a matter of actually talking about seeing with them. No. It, it was being it. No. And being them. It was this double thing of having uh, this kind of absolute clarity, um, being uh, knocked back to being just zero, not having much of a clue really, and, and having uh, the heart tender, the heart going out to them. And uh, yeah, often it was less is more really, and not sharing it in the sense of talking about it, but just being it with them. And Carol has also, with her work, found seeing really very helpful. Yes, well, after the initial um, experience, which I knew to be true, absolutely without any question, true but strange, the, the experience over 40, 44 years has, has deepened, deepened and deepened in the significance of it. Um, and it's become the... Um, underlying baseline of my life, uh, of our lives, and something we can both share, both refer to, both relate to, um, measure things by. It's 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 just the drone and that that accompanies our life. Um, sometimes in a very um, expansive way, and sometimes in a very quiet way. But I also found it it of huge practical help, Richard. Huge practical help. I um, I trained um, in my later years to become a, a counsellor, a um, psychotherapist, 
and found that there was no more useful way I could be with people than to not be there and to just be wide open, be face to no face with them, to be open and see what happened. And that was the best way, not have an agenda. And as Colin said, things came come up which are uh, sometimes unusual and I just it just felt authentic. It just felt the authentic way to be. And it 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 le it leads me into just doing what needs to be done hmm. in situations. Um, so again, you might not be mentioning it at all to these people, but you, that's where you're both coming from. Mm. Mm. Okay, yes, occasionally I would possibly touch on it, but not directly, no, no, no. And this is not to say, Richard, that I should say that this is makes one immune from the turbulent emotions of mm. family life, of um, the worries of having children and grandchildren. Mm. Um, one isn't immune. Um, and, of course, you know, you, you empathise, you, you cry, you laugh. You, you, mm. it, it's, it's, um, it's more, for me, a reference point. Yeah. And a resource. And a resource. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for just sharing your experience about uh, how practical it is in your lives. Mm. Mm. Well, thank you, Richard. Mm. Thanks, Richard. Mm.